Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Let's just pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time together and for the words you've given me to share. It's from your truth, from your word, and I know that it will minister life and wholeness to people, and, and it will excite them, Father, to see what you have provided for them, in, uh, for, their, for their lives today and to, to receive healing, but for a future that has wholeness and health. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you for it. Amen. I'm going to read out of uh, Acts 20, uh, the Apostle Paul, in verse 17, said he was uh, going from Miletus to Ephesus, and he called for the elders of the church, and when they had come to to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Verse 20 is what I really want to focus on here. It says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught, it, uh, taught you publicly and from house to house. I love what the King James says. He said, I kept back nothing that was profitable for you, beneficial for you. He, not, he did not withhold anything that he knew that they needed for their life. And he went on to say, verse uh, 21, it says, testifying to Jews and also Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So I know he taught things that were profitable and beneficial. So I know he taught healing because healing is a part, a big part of what we need in life. It's something that affects all of our, of our being, all of our, our activities, all of our, uh, what we're able to do, what we're able to accomplish. We have to have a whole and a healthy body. So I know Paul must have taught about healing. And his healing is uh, something that is so profitable for your life, beneficial each and every day. As you are young and as you grow older, you're going to need to know about healing because God has uh, that provision for you. Very profitable, very beneficial. I love that word. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, In this was manifest the love of God toward us. This is what gave us healing. His love, because that he, God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. He wants us to live. This is a very interesting word. I had never studied it out before, but I'm so glad I did. It blessed me immeasurably, and I want to share this with you because we're familiar probably with the word zoe in the Greek, which means eternal life, God's life in us. This is a different Greek word. It's Z-A-O, Zio, and it's, uh, it means maintenance of physical life, enjoyment of physical life, recovery of physical life from the power of disease. Is that awesome or not? That is amazing to me that he put this all in this word, live. That's what it represents, our physical beings, what we are able to uh, maintain over our lives for physical health. To do that, you're going to have to know the word. Because the word is what's going to maintain you in a good place at physical life. Enjoyment. Wow, if you feel good, you're able to enjoy living, right? 
Uh, if you don't, well, it's, it's very limited. It limits our lives so much, sickness and disease and debilitating things. But the recovery of physical life from the power of disease. So this is what healing class is all about, that recovery, that healing from things that the enemy has brought against your body. So this is what God did with his love. He gave Jesus for us that we might uh, have life and live uh, in a good physical place and being able to function. But these are all so profitable. I love that word. In 2 Peter 1, 3, this is the King James Version of it. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life, and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. So he has given us all things that pertain to life, but it's through the knowledge of him. You're going to have to know God, and you're going to have to know his word in order to experience that uh, life, which is uh, to us the glory Glory is connected with life. Godliness is connected with virtue because that's what uh, godliness means. It means moral excellence. It means our conduct being a very high standard. So, but he has given us all things that pertain to that. We have the knowledge of it in this book so much. Uh, In the New Testament, of course, but there are things in the Old Testament that we need to know for our well-being and for our, our living in a, in a way that is pleasing to him. Because that glory, as I looked that up, it means his acts and his ways. So this is how we are to live, following him in his way, in what, what his life represent, represent was representative in the scripture as Jesus walked the earth. That's how we are to pattern ourselves to in our lives as well. So uh, it's there. It's all here, but we have, to, we have to have the knowledge of it. And this is why Pastor Allen is always talking about, read your Bible, Bible uh, your Bible app we have, and all kinds of things that he makes, makes uh, available to the congregation. Stay in the Word of God. Read it on a daily basis because it's our life. But we must know him and know what his Word tells us, to believe it and to take what it, uh, what it says about Life as our own personal uh, provision. It's not just a blanket uh, provision. It's personal. It is so like mine. It belongs to me. I know we had uh, our, uh, in our little class of uh, teaching, not teaching, prayer. One of the ladies one day was talking and she said something about my Jesus. And I was sitting there and I thought, Mm-mm, he's mine. He's my Jesus, <laughs> and that's how we need to look. Mm-mm, he's my Jesus. Of course, he's everybody's Jesus who receives him, but we have to be so possessive of that. He's mine. This word is mine. Every promise, every provision, everything that, that just speaks of life and wholeness and, and good, good things, it's ours, and he wants us to benefit from it. He did all of this as 1 John 4, 9, as we read, because he loves us so much. 1 John 4, 16, it says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known about it, but we have to believe it, that he loves us. He loves us. If the enemy tells you, and he does this from time to time, God doesn't love you. You know, you might be just really feeling, having a real lousy day, and the enemy would just sit on your shoulder, oh, well, you're not loved. That is such a lie. Anytime that little thought comes, we need to say, that's a lie. No, Jesus died for me. 
He went through so much that I might have life. He went to hell in my place and rose victorious over the enemy. I have such a good position in God, and I, have such, I am so loved by the Lord. And just, just talk th- th- that way. Speak those things out of your mouth. Tell the devil, no. No, I am loved. Galatians 5, 6, 6 says that faith works by love. You have to know to have strong faith, you're going to have to have a strong belief that God loves you so much. And he wants you well. He wants you taken care of. He wants you provided for. Uh, in every every way that we deal with in life. He did not leave us orphans, so to speak. He did not leave us without whatever we need for, for uh, us to live a good life. Enjoy that life, as this word live means, to have enjoyment in our uh, existence here. <clears throat> in uh, John 20, we, we don't need, I'm not going to read over the whole thing, just focus on a particular verse, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit. It talks about when Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to find Jesus after he had been put in the tomb. She went there and after the, uh, the their Sabbath was over with, and the tomb was empty, of course, and she, she looked in and she began to weep, and there were angels there that asked, why are you weeping? And she said, they've taken away, uh, taken away my Lord. If you will tell me where he is, I'll go get him. And, uh, and then she heard somebody say something, and she turned. She thought it was the gardener. You know this story. But it was Jesus himself. And he said, Mary. And she turned around, and she said, Rabboni. In other words, master, teacher. And she, apparently she started to go toward him. So this is what I wanted to read. It's just such a tender verse. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I think this is such a beautiful passage because he had talked about the Father so much, and sometimes he would reference him as your Father, but they they didn't know him. They didn't know, they didn't recognize it. which one was it? One of the disciples said, I think it was Philip, said, show us the Father and it sufficeth us, you know. And Jesus said, Philip, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he couldn't get across to them that, he, that God was their Father. He belonged, they, they, were, they were in his family, even though they were in a different type of covenant at this time. They were the old covenant. Jesus ushered in the new covenant, which is they received him as their master. Then they, they went into a different uh, place of uh, covenant relationship then. But he said, uh, uh, he's, he's my father, but he's your father too. And he, that's what he wants you to know tonight. He's your father too. He's your father. He's your father. He wants to take good care of you. He's your God. But to me, this verse just, we are just, we just kind of, Jesus kind of wrapped us in his arms and drew us close to himself. It's my father and your father. We're in the same family. We're in the same family as our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the word father, I had to look it up. If you've ever heard me teach, you know that I look things up. I look up the original text. I look up definitions and the dictionaries. I just like to do that. It clarifies things for me. It makes it more real to me. But the word father means a nourisher, a protector, and an upholder. The word nourisher means he supplies what is necessary for life. So our heavenly father wants to supply what is necessary for your life. 
If you have a need in your body for physical healing, for deliverance, he wants to supply that for you. And, of course, we have other needs in life, and he wants to supply them for you. He wants to be the source of our life, whatever need that we have. He uses people in different ways, but he wants us to always look to him to supply because he knows what we need and he, he knows how to get it to us. But he supplies the necessary things, and healing is definitely a necessary thing. I've lived a long time, and I have known that healing is needed all the time. You just have to fight a fight of faith all the time to get your healing, to keep it, to walk in health. But I want to encourage you it's possible because it's done in his eyes. John 10, 10 says Jesus had uh, been talking about himself as a shepherd of the sheep. And he said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have, or the sheep, that's us, might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he has for us. Are you having an abundant life? Is your body in an abundant place? If it's not, this is a good place to be. You're going to learn that you can get it. You can get that place and walk it out. I was telling Derek earlier, I talked to a, a young lady um, a couple of Sundays ago at the <clears throat> donut mixer. Um, she was telling me, she said, you know, because she's been in the healing class before. She said, you know, y'all said that you just have to keep on standing. And uh, he, she said, I was dealing with some arthritic things in my body. And she was, she's not that old. But she said, you know, after several months, it lifted off of me. She got that abundant life. She got that provision that God wanted her to have. But she had to stay in there and fight a fight of faith. So that's what, that's what we have to do. You have to get strong and fight a fight of faith. I love the scripture. It says, quit ye like men. In other words, be strong. Act, act, act like you have something in you. Don't lay down and let the enemy just kind of trample all over you. That just is so displeasing to the father because he, he had his son defeat the enemy and sickness is defeated. In First uh, John 5, 4, this is the uh, NASB translation. I like how it, what it, how it read. It says, for whatever is born of God, that's us, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And this is the, um, the good news translation. This one says, every child of God is able to defeat the world. And we win the victory over the world by means of our faith. And we know that all that is in the world is, is the enemy trying to steal, kill, or destroy. And to me, I thought that is such a perfect picture of sickness and disease. It's either trying to kill you, steal from you, financial uh, stuff that's needed for your care, or to destroy you totally. And then uh, the New Living Translation says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through, through faith. Each one of these verses, uh, these different translations, uses the word victory. And I, I love reading after Corey Ten Boom because she had such an amazing life of serving the Lord and coming through so much, forgiving, loving, being strong. And uh, she lived, she was 91 years old. But in, in the, her Dutch language, it, uh, the word victory is overwinner. Don't you like that? Overwinner, that's winning and then more, you know. Just a real big win and a real, a real uh, amazing 
obvious win. It's not just we're winning. It's like we're an overwinner. Uh, my husband was watching some kind of football game the other day, and the team had, what, 70 points or something like that. <laughs> I was like, that's overwinning. I don't know what the other teammate did, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of people we need to be. We're going to overwin. We're going to have that victory. Love that word. That's one of my favorite Bible words. <clears throat> so sickness can be defeated, as we, and we can live that abundant life through our faith. Romans 10, 17. I think, I think I have that on your paper, but if not. No, I don't. But anyway, you can look it up. Romans 10, 17. You're probably familiar with this verse. We say it all the time in here because we talk about faith, but how do we get this faith? It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith is going to come from this word, but look at the verse before it. It says, uh, verse 16, but they have uh, not, uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, you do not only... You just don't just hear the word. You have to believe the word. You have to believe the report that the word gives you. What does the, what does the word say? You believe that. No matter how it kind of grows crossways with what, what you might have been experiencing or what you might have been taught or what you might have, you know, that, that you uh, have had experience. But the word, we have to believe it. When it says a certain thing, whether we understand it or not, a good thing to say. And it's good for use our mouths in this way. The, this, the, the word says this, quote the scripture, and I believe it. I believe it. Just make yourself say that. And it might be a little odd at first, like I, I'm not so sure I believe that right now. But just know that this is truth. And whatever it says is true. So you believe it. We believe it, whether we understand everything or not. We don't. We're not called to understand everything. We're called to trust God, whether we understand it or not, because he said so in his word. And this is how it is. God's word is true, and I believe it. I know I do that all the time when I've received, had to receive a healing for something. You know, the, the symptoms might still be there, and I'm just out of my mouth. God's word is true, and I believe it. This is what the, the word says. This, and I can quote the scripture, and I believe that. That I believe that that's true. That's what's working in me. So make your mouth agree, but use your words. We have a verse for that that we will go over in a minute as well. <clears throat> but not just hearing the word, but believe the report of the word. Believe what it says. So key to have faith, a faith of victory. All right. So I want to share some examples in Scripture of uh, what Jesus said about some people who came to him for healing. And uh, there's actually 12 mentioned in the Gospels. I just put down four here. You can turn to uh, Matthew 9:22 if you want to. If not, well, you can just write down what I'm going to tell you here. Uh, someone had come. Um, I'll turn over there. I, just, I, I have time to do this. So it's good to look at it. Matthew 9, uh, This is the woman with the issue of blood who uh, touched the garment of Jesus to, and received her healing. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. 
Your faith did it. He didn't say, wow, my power went into you, which it did. And it's, it did this amazing work, which, is, which it did. But if she had not had faith, she would not have experienced that healing. She would not have had the power go into her. Faith is required all across the board in everything. We are people of faith. We have to believe that what this word says, and we act on what this word says, receive what this word says. It's all, you know, God has done it. It's a settled fact. It's up to us to receive it and to walk it out. Uh, Matthew 15, 28. This is when the... Um, the woman of Canaan who didn't have a covenant with him and he said some stronger words to her and people go, wow, that was kind of strong. But she did not have a covenant with him. And uh, he was only sent to the lost tribe, the, the children of Israel. So he was, he was being in his rights here. And, uh, but she just, she came for uh, <clears throat> healing for her daughter. And uh, he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. And and uh, she said, truth, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I think this is one of the most tender scriptures about his, his love and his care for people because he didn't, you know, she didn't have a right to receive healing, but she just said, truth, Lord, you're right. I don't deserve this. She didn't have a covenant with him. She was a Canaanite that apparently, uh, I, I heard a teacher one time uh, talk about how they lived, and it was disgustingly vile. They were so vile and disgusting in the way they lived, their manners and everything. And they were just very uh, dark people. And, uh, but she just said, truth, you know, truth, Lord. Yes, Lord. But the little dogs, he said, it's not right to take what the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. And he wasn't, he wasn't being harsh or cruel. He never did that. He only spoke love. He was speaking truth. He was not sent to them. He was being obedient to God. He was sent to, to Israel. So she, she, uh, she admitted him. She said, uh, um, I, I'm a little dog. I'm a dog. <clears throat> she said, it's, and he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And there was such faith in this. Can you hear it? All I need is a crumb. <laughs> wow. That's huge. She just, I just need a crumb. Your faith is so big. Your, your power is so great. Just a little crumb is all I, I will take. It'll do the job. And Jesus answered her and said, O oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is, if you take these, these illustrations, these stories that demonstrate his uh, healing to people and just meditate on them and think about them and read them over. You can see so much of his, his love and his care, but his, he, he, he obeyed God. He was always being obedient to the father because he said, I, I wasn't sent to anybody but Israel. And yet the mercy that he had in him extended to her when she said, you're right. The humility there was just so amazing. Just beautiful, beautiful verses here. But he said, great's your faith. Go on. Your daughter's okay. The love of God there is just so precious. But he, uh, 
he's, he was love. You know, he walked the earth as love, but he had to be obedient to the Father too. So um, anyway, there's another one. But she, he said, great is your faith. And her faith in, involved humility. It involved being, uh, being very honest. Yeah, I don't deserve this. I, I'm not in the tribe of Israel. I'm not a part of this. The Canaanites were vile people. They really were disgustingly uh, carnal people and did horrible things. <clears throat> but she humbled herself before him. And he answered. He moved toward her. His love reached out. Mark 10, 52. This one... Um, this man was was blind, and he uh, and he was begging, and but he heard Jesus, and so he uh, threw off his begging robe, his begging that legalized him to beg. That was an act of faith, and uh, he kept hollering and trying, uh, hollering at Jesus, and he has had mercy on me. And verse forty nine of uh, Mark ten says, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. I love that. I love that action right there. Throwing aside his garment. He wasn't going to need a beggar's garment anymore. That was his legal right to beg, according to their culture. But that, that act of faith amazes me. It thrills my heart. He threw it aside. I'm not going to need this anymore. I'm going to get my healing. <clears throat> so, so he threw aside his garment, and Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, or teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And he immediately received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So his faith made him well. Uh, faith moves God towards a situation and uh, changes it. That's what we have to know, that we have to have faith. We have to have that trust in God, in his word. And our faith will act like this man's did. He threw, he threw his garment aside. And he said, I'm not going to need this anymore. So he already had his healing before he got his healing, you can tell, by his faith. Huge. <clears throat> Luke seventeen nineteen. Don't you love the word? It's so beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll read up a little a uh, little further up. Uh, this is when the ten lepers had come, and. Uh, he told them, the ghost, show yourself to the priest. They had to do that. If, when they were cleansed, they had to show themselves to the priest when someone was cleansed. So they, they turned around and they went. That was an act of faith. <clears throat> and so it was as they went, they were cleansed because they stepped out in faith. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. His faith 
made him well. So it's going to take faith for your healing. You're going to have to have faith. But faith comes from this word. And once you believe it, you got it in your heart, you can do what, this, what this, uh, these men did. They, they acted. They went. And uh, healing came to them. Their freedom came. So um, there are actually 12 individual healings recorded in, in the Gospels. Uh, but there are others, of course, that are uh, all through the book. But 12 individuals that, that uh, from what you know, we read in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, and John. The word is true. We can believe it and act on it, and we will see the results. Our faith is required for all that we, that all that we receive from God. Um, uh, Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To seek is uh, to go after, to get into the word of God, see what the word says, and believe it, and then do what these did. Just act on it. Act like, act like it's so. You know, he didn't make it complicated. Sometimes faith is made so complicated sometimes. People preach things that just make it so, you know, almost a tense thing. But he did not make it complicated. He just said, believe, believe that you receive, and then you act like you've got it. And that's, you confess with your mouth, you speak with what, uh, what you believe, you say what you believe, you say, I believe I've received my healing, and uh, God's healing power is working in there at that time. And no matter what you see or feel, we don't go by feelings, we don't go by what we see, we just go by what this word says. That's faith, and he will reward that faith. He is a rewarder of faith. Um, I want to look at some places in healing, uh, about healing, in um, starting with Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. If you've been in our classes before, you prob- I'm sure you've heard these, these verses, but these are actually ones that really uh, are so um, direct about our healing. And these will always work for your for your receiving your healing there are others but these are so uh, very powerful and they're very clear and uh, just you, we can act on them and we can see the results every time but Isaiah 53 4 and 5 I like verse 1 of Isaiah 53 because I think it just kind of, in a nutshell, gives us what what we need to do to have uh, the healing of God manifested to us. Verse 1 says, Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So if you believe the report... We're going to believe this report. We're going to read some verses, and we'll believe that. The, the Word of God is His report to us. No matter what area we're believing God for, He has a report in the Word of God. If we will believe that, His arm will be revealed to you. That arm is a delivering arm. That arm will pull you out of sickness. That arm will pull you out of financial difficulty. That arm will pull you out of things in life that are, you know, that are trying to 
ruin your life or take you down or cause you problems. It will pull you out. The Word of God will do that every time if we believe it and act on it. Let's skip on down to um, verse 4. Talking about Jesus, this is Isaiah is looking toward the cross. He saw he was a seer. He could see he probably had things. He probably saw things uh, in the spirit realm. We don't have that, you know, we don't have it written in chapter and verse, but he was a seer. <clears throat> he was a prophet and a seer. But verse 4 says, surely he has borne, and that word, I love this word in the original text, is N-A-S-A, capital N-A-S-A. What is that? NASA. <laughs> and it's born. It's lifted off is what it means. That, that word born means lifted off. And you can see that picture. NASA was always, has always lifted off uh, rockets. So sickness was lifted off of us. It has been lifted off of us. Now, the enemy will put stuff back on us if we, you know, if we have to deal with a sickness, if we have to deal with something that, uh, you know, is trying to steal from us in our body, the enemy will, will endeavor to put those things on us. We don't have to receive them. We, we can learn to fight that fight of faith to when we feel something coming on us, immediately we can reject it and say, no, I'm not receiving that. But you have to learn these things. This is why you're in this class. You're learning how to fight a fight of faith for your healing and your health. But... If you will see this, if you will see whatever the devil's trying to put on you, born off of you, N-A-S-A, and it's pronounced Nassau, lift it off of you. He's already taken care of it. Lift it off of you. Surely he has borne it. He did it through Calvary, through Jesus. We'll get to there in a minute. But uh, this is him prophesying. Isaiah is prophesying what's going to happen. Surely he has borne. He saw it. He has borne. He's lifted off our griefs, and that word is sickness in the original, uh, the meaning of that in the original, and carried our sorrows. Sorrows are pain. Do you have pain in your body? Jesus has lifted that off of you already. It's, it's a fact. We just have to receive what he's done for us by our faith, and that's why you're in this class to learn how to do that, using your faith to receive that freedom, that deliverance, that healing that he has already provided hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Jesus did this. So here we go. Yet we esteemed him. This is what they did. They esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. They thought he was being punished by God. But here's the truth of it. He was wounded or pierced through, pierced through for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities, that bruised is crushed, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Those stripes are blows that cut in. He, he, was, he was beat so uh, viciously that he did not even look like a man. There are other scriptures that bear that out. He just did not look like a man. A mass of uh, blood and meat. This is what he went through for us, for us to be healed, to be free. Oh, what a price was paid. <clears throat> but he was, Isaiah was looking at the cross. This happened at the cross. So let's look at Matthew 8, 16, 17. What a beautiful Savior. He's a beautiful Savior. 
so worthy of our devotion and our love and our praise and our serving with all of our hearts. So, so precious. 16. This is Jesus when Jesus uh, was ministering. These aren't his words, but this was what was happening. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. So he's pointing back to what we just read that was spoken by Isaiah, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He took them so we don't have to bear them. He bore them. He took them off of us so we don't have to bear them. It might still be on you right now, but you can get it off of you with your faith. You can. That's why you're in here, I believe. We don't have to go through life with sickness and disease and debilitating things that that just make our lives uh, so much less than what God has for, uh, for us to live. He has us a life of victory. He has a life of joy. He has a life of peace. He has a life of, of um, fulfillment. Yes, we're going to have things come against us because the devil's still here. <laughs> but we have provision in this word that is so powerful as we, as we believe these things, as we use our faith, that enemies will flee. He will have to get off of us every time, every time. He's defeated because Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses already. We just received that with our faith and thank him and knowing that as we believe and do our part, he will do his part. We can only do ours. He does his. We believe he lifts the disease off. He, I have had things lift off of me immediately when I, believe, when I received them. I have had things that I've had to stand but they've left. They will leave. If you stay in faith, as you receive it with your faith, say, I receive this. This is provision for me. Jesus, you bore these things for me, so I don't have to bear them. So I'm not going to bear them. You paid a price. What a price. Such a price. So he fulfilled right here. He's talking about Isaiah 53, having that we just read. He fulfilled that for us. He fulfilled that for you and for me. First Peter 2, 24. Don't you love this? I mean, don't you just love it? I mean, this excites me so. I love healing. I love what he's done. He's been so faithful to me all these years to, be, to lift one thing off and then another. Always. It may not have left immediately, but as I stood and as I believed and as I, and I said what the word says and I stood, you know, Stood in faith, not patting myself on the back, but just being, just being, uh, you know, a voice for him saying, this works. It will work. It may not be overnight. It may take a few, a few weeks, but it, it, it's real and it works. But we have to believe and we have to do our part, but he does the hard part. And it's not really hard for him because he's already taken care of it. And he's so powerful. He had just a word from him and things have to just melt like a snowball in the sun. And he's so faithful. All right, 1 Peter 2, 24. I will uh, will read. um, Let me see, where do I want to start here? 
Verse 22 said, he committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he did not, return, uh, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. Peter was looking back towards the cross. Peter was there. Peter was a coward that day. They were all hiding. But he saw it. He saw the brutality that Jesus went through. But the things his skin stripped off of him and the, and the horrible uh, condition that his body was in. But he saw it. Peter was there. He said, by whose stripes are the blows that cut in, you were healed. And all we have to do is use our faith and receive that. Thanking him that uh, he did that for us and receiving that provision of healing every time. Every time you can receive it, every time that something comes against your body. It doesn't have to be some big thing. It can be a small thing. He took care of that too. So it's a, it's a beautiful provision. I love healing. Psalm 103.3. I think these four verses that I'm sharing with you now are so powerful to have in your, your, uh, your what would you say, your little, <laughs> your little healing packet that you just grab a hold of when, you need, when something comes against you. Don't let something come on you and rest for, for a few days. The minute something that you recognize, something's not right in your body, something's trying to come against you, stand right then. Stand up and say, no, that doesn't belong to me. Jesus bore that for me. I'm not having it. Get off of me. Stop it, devil. I'm not your property. Jesus bore all these things that could ever come upon my physical body for me, and, and he set me free, and uh, I'm going to stay free. Such a, an amazing father we God we have. Such an amazing Jesus. Psalm 103, verse 3. He forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. All. A-L-L. -L. If it's big or little, big or, I mean, big or small, or no matter what it looks like, uh, he's healed it. Today, just a little example. <clears throat> I started having this, you know, have you ever had a little scratchy thing start, start in your throat? You know, just started scratching and it's feeling uncomfortable. And you, can, you recognize that. That's the devil trying to put... Uh, sore throat on me or something so I just said no I'm not having that I'm not receiving that that does not belong to me Jesus bore that for me so get off of me devil take that stuff and get off of me I'm not getting this whatever you're trying to put on me no be tough with the devil tell him no be strong he understands it it's coming from a person who has Jesus on the inside of them you're all born again You've got Jesus on the inside of you. And when you speak in his name, it's just as Jesus himself is speaking to the devil and he trembles, I'm telling you. He quivers. He knows what Jesus did to him and he knows what's going to happen in his ending too when Jesus is going to throw him into that pit. His future is not good. But we represent the Lord and we have the faith that God has allowed us to have that can put the devil in his tracks Tell him to flee, leave me alone now, and I can command you to go in Jesus' name. And he has to go and just stand your ground.
say, all right, I don't care if symptoms stay a little while, that doesn't matter. They have to go. They will have to go. So that scratchiness that I had in my throat had to leave. And it's gone. So sometimes you have to stand a little while, but that's okay. God's at work. Just know that God is at work. Many times in the gospel, we see that Jesus healed them all. And all were multitudes. Many, many, many people. We can't even imagine how many. But he healed them all. And so he, if we were all in that multitude that day, he would have healed every one of you. All. But we're a small little multitude, so he, heal, he has healing for all of us. So what we do is receive it by our, by our faith. We take it by our faith. Hearing the word, you're hearing the word tonight, but you have to have a personal pursuit of these things. You have to have the effort. You put forth the effort to get this word in your heart and let it rest in your heart by meditating on it. That meditate, I love that word. It means to ponder, to contemplate, to speak it to yourself, to mutter it. It puts, it's some work here, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. And you know what? You may think, well, you know, I haven't been dealing with anything, any sickness for a while, but don't, don't let up on this. <laughs> Just don't. Keep it active in you. Keep it daily. I was taught Every day you read something on faith and healing. It can be some, some, just some scriptures on faith, some scriptures on healing, but it can be some good books that you have. Just re- keep yourself f- refreshed in, in where healing's concerned because I am older, and I'm telling you, you're going to need it all your life. The devil never steps back and says, oh, well, they're getting older. I'm going to leave them alone. <laughs> no, no. He hates us because we have Jesus in us, and he hates the Lord. So, uh, but that's okay. He can do what he wants. I mean, he can hate what he wants, but, but uh, uh, God for us. With God before you, who can be against you? So the devil's defeated. Jesus defeated him. He destroyed his works, and uh, he doesn't win as we stay in faith. Uh, Proverbs 4.20. I'll kind of go through these quickly because these are um, your personal pursuit. says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my saying, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. It would be very wise for you to memorize these, these verses right here, keep them very active in your life, because this is something that is, that is such instruction to keep us in a good place to where we are constantly listening to the word. We're constantly looking at the word and, and putting it in our hearts. And uh, we will have the result of life. We will have a result of, of um, healing and medicine in us. So, um, so anyway, it just keeps us full of what's good from the Lord. And it's such good instruction. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This is just saying basically behave yourself. You know, don't be messing around with goofy stuff. You know, we just 
need to act right and stay away from things that are not right for us and the things that don't belong to us, you know, just fellowships and things that are harmful for our lives. It's ungodly stuff. We need to stay away from it. But his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. We've got to have this word as a daily of our daily food. You've got scriptures that I've handed you on on. Uh, these, this paper tonight, but if you've got a, any type of app on your on your phone, a, a Bible app, or hopefully you own a Bible, and, you know, just just find things. Dig yourself. This is very valuable. We have to do put forth some effort, effort our, on our own because that shows the Lord, hey, they're serious about this. Come on, we're not, we shouldn't be manby pamby, you know, just kind of slopping around in life. Come on, let's be strong. Let's please our Father and believe his word and get in there and study the word and keep it active in our lives. And you'll be beneficial. You'll be, be benefited by it. So huge. <clears throat> but we meditate. That means to ponder, contemplate, speak it to yourself, mutter. Another word is muse. And that's just uh, just having it uh, in, your, in your thoughts and just going over them and uh, thinking about what it could be and... and uh, you know, just making sure that you're keeping your thoughts in line with what the scriptures say. I mean, it's just a beautiful way that the Lord has um, de- developed that we might get the word in our hearts because faith is of the heart. It has to be here. John 10, 9 and 10. I'm sorry, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Let's start with eight. What does it say? The word is near in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Speak it. Speak this word. When you read it, speak these scriptures, and it'll get in your heart. Let it get in your heart. That you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it has to get in our heart in order for it to, to uh, work. It cannot be something just in our head. It has to be something that we put in our heart. So we, uh, we put it there by meditating on it and, and thinking about it. But it, when it's in your heart, it, it's going to work. I mean, when you speak it out, there's going to be power behind it. There's going to be faith behind it. So you're not doing this by yourself. The Holy Spirit is helping you. If we do what God says in his word, the Holy Spirit is right there to do his part. We're not on our own. He's helping us. He's our helper. That's what he's called, a helper. He wants to help us with all of life. And he will help us get this word in us to where we can, we will, it will be effective for our lives. We have to get it in our hearts. It can't just be a mental thing. It can't be, say, oh, I, I read that. No, let's meditate on it. Let's think about it. Let's act on it. Act on something. When you're acting on something, you are, are causing it to be, uh, you know, causing a movement into where it, it, will, it will settle in your heart. It may not seem really uh, firm in your heart at first, but don't give up. You know, it's not just like a, a couple of times doing it. Let's just be consistent with this. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.13 
Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I, I spoke, we also believe and speak. So when we read this word, and uh, hopefully when you read it, you will believe that, okay, God said this so I can believe this, and I do believe it. And then, you know, speak it. Say what the word says. It, it's powerful. It, it's alive. It's life. It, it's a sword towards the enemy. It works. It's our, it's our daily bread. Uh, I just encourage you to read scriptures of, uh, on faith and healing every day. You have this paper, and you can just go over these. And these are a beginning, and, and run references. It's, it's an adventure. But as we do our part, God will do his. And I love Jeremiah 1.12. It's in the Amplified. He says, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. When we believe the word and we do our part, he is active, and he will do what only he can do. He will do his part. And you'll see healing begin to, to uh, manifest in your body. Start out with, you know, just something real small. And if you've never believed for healing before, you know, if you have something big in your life that you need healing for, well, certainly you can start trusting the Lord for that. But exercise your faith every day. It's, it's good to do that in some way. So... Um, Let's close with prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word, for the power that's here, for the life, for the beauty of it, and the love that you showed us by giving us this, this precious word. Thank you so much. Father, everyone here that came tonight, they put forth effort, and I trust, Father God, that you have touched their hearts in a special way, that if they didn't have a lot of faith, and that they've had faith imparted to them as they believe this word, but Father, as they've had come in here with some faith, that their faith has grown tonight, because faith is so it takes from your hand. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.